<laughs> like serious, <laughs> comb your hair for the fast. podcast. Yeah, you're fast, fast, fast. Oh, by is it way, is it snowing where you are? Yes, it is. It's good. It is nice. It's nice. So. So this, we are not permitted to have a snow fight. Is that exercise? I think someone should ask that to Boris this week. Well, I think is that, that permitted exercise? Weren't you weren't you a little bit surprised at my efficiency this morning? It was very good. It was very good. <laughs> you missed all the fun this morning. Me and my cat again. Oh God! He wouldn't leave us alone this morning. Just well, maybe he wanted to go out in the snow. Oh, he was out there looking at the snow falling. It's yeah, it was really it was curious about, it. but it's not. There's not been a lot of snow. It's stopped now. It's covered the roads, but that's it. It did come God, down you... with a flurry. Yes, that's a good word. A flurry. See, you're flurry. doing good English already again. The... <laughs> Hang on, desk. I'm just gonna rearrange this desk so I can. And while you're doing a... that, I'll I shall just curl my beard. <laughs> <laughs> It's grown back quite quick, though. Oh, Dave, it's a nightmare. It just grows but, too quickly. But then cut I it. Wish, I just wish it would slow down a bit. <laughs> it's too much of an effort to cut it. Well, Des, you know, before we start, I'd, I'd, I'm wondering how we do it. Like, I don't know the radio that you listen to or uh, even I don't even listen to much radio anymore. I, my life mm -hmm. is surrounded by podcasts, but you know, like people do shout outs. So like we've had lots of people give us various messages and bits and bobs back. So uh, I don't know how we should do it. Like I, I have a collection of names, but you know, I, do we say specific things or do we just say a shout out to like, you know, my dude, Simona, like, you know, my lady Simona, I don't know. Yeah. Um, shout out work, I think. Yeah, shout out works. We could try that. See how that goes. Well, there's a shout out to Umar. He is definitely oh. one of our most avid listeners. Oh, Maybe wow. to be seen. Yes. Davide, our uh, Italian uh, colleague that joined us last week. I could do a shout out to Megan, a, a young woman I spoke to, oh, some maybe three years ago, two, three years ago. And uh, I, I suggested, I said to her that, you know, at some point I may be doing something similar to this. And we've, we've just connected, reconnected after all these years. And yeah, <laughs> ICSI. <Cool. laughs> <laughs> it's the sodden cat. You torture the cat with our poor podcast. Oh dear, heaven help the cat. Right, I think we should start the show, Desmond. Do you think I should push the button? Why not? I can't hear a thing. I'm laughing. I'm I'm bobbing along to it. You can't hear it. I can't hear anything. I forgot to share the bloody sound, Desmond. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I sorry. Coming away and thinking to myself, "Oh, he's having a good time." Oh God, hang on. Are we going to share this or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on. I don't know what's going on now. <laughs> You're having problems. Uh that's all right. That was it. I found it now. Now it's a click of the mouse rather than a push of the space bar. Oh, okay. Here we go.
Welcome to this week's Des and Dave. It's been an eventful and historic week in America. Trump refused to attend President Biden's inauguration. Trump began his presidency with a, with a lie four years ago, Obama birtherism, and has once again ended it with another lie, election fraud. 25,000 troops at the Mall on inauguration day all had to be vetted for security threats. There were more troops guarding the president than in Syria, Afghanistan and Iraq combined. And in the UK this week, the UK vaccine has been rolling, rolling, rolling out with 5.8 million doses being delivered into the arms of those who need it. And Brexit, it's a story bubbling away in the background, but it's bringing paperwork, paperwork and more paperwork. All that and more on this week's Des and Dave. Dave. Wasn't that a great introduction? I think that's been the best introduction on on any Des and Dave we've ever done. Thank do you, you Lady know, Gaga. Do you know that Trump was apparently deeply jealous of this? He complained about it. Why was Biden, why did Lady Gaga sing for Biden's inauguration and not his? You, you, you know what, just a, just a bit of ephemera for a, a moment. I loved her outfit. She has, if you haven't seen the clip, I'd highly recommend adding another view to YouTube and just, you know what to type in, Lady Gaga inauguration. She is wearing this fabulous golden dove, I can't call it a brooch. I don't know, There's, it's on your screen. You can see it in front of you now. I don't know what you just, it, it's, it's huge. It's amazing. <laughs> It's quite wonderful. yes. I was astonished by the power of her voice. She, you know, well, what I really liked. 
It's better than YMCA. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly is better than YMCA. And I really like the bit where she turns around about the flag and she literally turns back and the flag is still there, you know. And yes, because it's been a tumultuous time. It definitely has been a tumultuous time. So that was Lady Gaga singing at the inauguration uh, this week of Joseph Biden. Joseph R. Biden, isn't it? Or Junior somewhere in there as well. I kept thinking his name was Robin Hood when they were saying it. It's not Robin Hood, but it sounds like it when they say it really fast. <laughs> Maybe that's why they don't say the R so often. <laughs> how, did you, how did you feel, Desmond, watching it? It's a day we've been waiting for for a long time. What, what, what were you feeling or thinking when you were watching this? I was thinking that what a difficult job this man has got to do. Um, it's 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 going to be a a reconstruction pro program for him. But to be fair to him, he's come out, he's hit the ground running. Yeah, um, seventeen executive orders uh, on the first day, which uh, I, I made a little list, Desmond, I, and, and I say a little list. It's the masks, the social distancing in federal buildings. There's going to be a COVID coordination department. Uh, he's re-signed up to the Paris Climate Change Agreement, which, stupidly enough, isn't about Paris. Uh, one of the uh, senators thought that it's a, something to do with Paris and France. It's like, no, guys. Ted? Was yes, that your blood... <laughs> yes, Mr. Cruz himself. And anyway, uh, uh, AOC took him down on, on Twitter and said, no, my dear, this is just where they signed the agreement. Anyway, um, he's rejoined the World Health Organization. He's allowed Fauci to just go. I, I don't know if anyone's seen the clips of Fauci this week. Uh, Anthony Fauci, the, the kind of equivalent of, I don't know, Chris Whitty in uh, America. He, he, he's been let off the leash and been able to speak truth and explain science oh it's like music to his ears and ours he's uh signed some other executive orders undoing the muslim ban um the keystone pipeline deportations um reuniting kids and their parents evictions and possession uh, repossessions and even ethics rules des and that's not even all of them like realize the adults are back in the big jobs <laughs> oh God, it's just so nice. It's uh, uh, yes, you feel like the, the kids have been thrown out. They truly, truly have. Biden made an interesting inauguration speech. I thought it would be longer. I was expecting an hour long, you know, all the detail of everything. But it was actually quite short. It was like 20 odd minutes. And um, I think he what he said, though, was very powerful in lots of ways. And it was I still feel in a way like granddad's in charge, somebody that knows how things work, you know, his 50 years experience. And this is just a little bit of his speech. My whole soul is in it. Today, on this January day, my whole soul is in this, bringing America together, uniting our people, uniting our nation. And I ask every American to join me in this cause. Uniting to fight the foes we face, anger, resentment and hatred, extremism, lawlessness, violence, disease, joblessness and hopelessness. With unity, we can do great things, important things. We can right wrongs, 
We can put people to work in good jobs. We can teach our children in safe schools. We can overcome the deadly virus. We can reward, reward work and rebuild the middle class and make health care secure for all. We can deliver racial justice, and we can make America once again the leading force for good in the world. I know speaking of unity can sound to some like a foolish fantasy these days. I know the forces that divide us are deep, and they are real. But I also know they are not new. Our history has been a constant struggle between the American ideal that we all are created equal and the harsh, ugly reality that racism, nativism, fear, demonization have long torn us apart. The battle is perennial, and victory is never assured. Through Civil War, the Great Depression, World War, 9-11, through struggle, sacrifice, and setbacks, our better angels have always prevailed. Our better angels have always prevailed. Mm. I was thinking during the course of that speech, what he's really talking about is reconstruction. Yeah. Um, and he's, he has now the responsibility for bringing America together. And the first thing that came to me was that he spoke about the coronavirus, and I remember that Trump said that coronavirus would go away during his administration, and it didn't. And I think that's the most worrying thing is that Biden's team have turned up and discovered that there was no plan. plan. Yes. None. None Trump whatsoever. Was... So what were these guys doing all day in the office? What was... Trump also <laughs> said, Dave, that he would repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act. Obamacare, as is often known. Obamacare eh? Act, he didn't do so. It's left on this man's plate. He has now got to deal with that. He said he would also work hard to eliminate the federal deficit. Federal de deficit has <laughs> been increased by over 62% under Trump's watch. He has to deal with cleaning that up now. Quite extraordinary. So he's got a lot of work ahead of him. I don't envy him. Do, do you know what I find interesting is a lot of the media commentary, when they speak, they say it's the Biden-Harris administration. Like already, uh, we, we, we must make note of it, Des, that Kamala Harris, uh, I think at the inauguration, they described her as the first uh, part Asian, part black, you know, she, woman, the first, the first, many firsts, all in one go. And she it will be interesting because usually a vice president that position is not well defined apart from being vice so but it looks like she's going to be heavily involved and going to need to be it looks like there is a lot a lot a lot of work to be done and just thank god they've only been in there a few days and like we were saying the executive orders are being signed but but it's such a is a tragedy in some ways that something we thought and and we all like a bit of certainty and i think this is what shook everybody from even trump's election which you know should not have happened the the, 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 the system is designed to weed out these kind of people that uh you, you know but it didn't work on that occasion and finally it worked to get rid of him and people went to the ballot box and he's now gone 
by the back door. <laughs> you know, it's one of the things that really struck me this week was that, you know, um, Rumsfeld's famous um, conundrum, <laughs> known knowns, known unknowns. And I thought after hearing all these nonsense that was, that's been spouted around, we're now in the, the, um, the era of unraveling the known unknowns. <laughs> Well, more inform more information's coming out, isn't it? And I, I think it's we're discovering what people have been doing behind the scenes, what Trump was doing, and still more revelations coming out. This is Rachel Maddow reflecting in a way that I think kind of sounds uh, how this period could be written as a paragraph in American history. Welcome to day one. We all lived through a president who was assisted in his elevation to the White House by illegal assistance from a hostile foreign power, which he welcomed. He was impeached twice. He was thrown out of office after one term. His supporters then mounted a violent and deadly attack on the U.S. Capitol to try to keep him in power. So yeah, now it's clean up on aisle 45 time. And for a long while yet, it is going to be clean up on aisle 45. This week, it materialized. So we know about the tape. We know he phoned up the, the Georgia guy and said he wanted to find 11,780 votes or whatever it was. And we kind of are now knowing the other side of it. But it, it, as with everything, there is just so much. It's just constant, uh, the, the, the level of incompetency that we seem to discover. And conspiracy, it's like, Every single law has been violated. You know, when you, it, it, it's just huge, this. It's going to take time to work through and process. But, uh, Des, we both came across this story this week about um, Clarkson. Is it Clarkson? It is indeed, yeah. Jeffrey, I believe. Yeah, so Jeffrey Clarkson, and then there's also Jeff Rosen in the story. <laughs> so I think we need to break down the Jeffs. So Jeff, so we, we will also introduce another name. So I think it's best to try like this. Bill Barr was the attorney general. Okay. Yeah. Bill Barr resigned Christmas time. So then you have a guy called Jeff Rosen, who wasn't very well respected in the position as acting attorney general. And yeah. then there is this other Jeffrey that appears, Jeffrey Clarkson. And he is somebody that is well known within the Department for Homeland Security that, uh, sorry, the um, in the Attorney General's office, uh, in the Department for Justice. He's known for spending too much time on the internet and is kind of ignored, some, or was ignored somewhat. And then it seems that Trump ends up speaking to him about how the AG's office, the Department for Justice, might get involved in basically overturning the decision in Georgia. And then there is some weird late night conference on the same day. So you've got Jeffrey uh, Rosen, Jeffrey Clarkson, Donald Trump, and a few others in the room. And it was described as a version of The Apprentice, where Jeff Rosen and Jeffrey Clarkson were giving competing visions at the very same moment when the tape was publicly released by the Georgia official uh, of him asking for the votes. I mean, I don't even know if that makes sense, me saying it back out loud. <laughs> Does it make sense? 
Well, you're, you're absolutely right. It's the whole situation is so convoluted that really, I remember Trump describing himself as a stable genius. But I think here is an example of an unstable genius <laughs> at work. So I think that, you know, that's, uh, I'm glad you, you, you described the events because <laughs> I think- no, But I mean, I'm even leaving parts out because it just, it gets even more horrendous. Like it, you just think to yourself, this is how it actually works. They throw so much stuff and, and do so many things. You can't keep up. It, it, the, all the norms have been broken, all the conventions, the known knowns have disappeared. We only have unknown unknowns, you know, and unknown knowns. Oh, God, there's my brain hurts. I think uh, you've got a clip of Glenn Kirshner. I don't know if you want to set this up. Yes, um, he explains, uh, gives us a little bit of background. And probably speech. explains it better than me. That's <laughs> <laughs> both, I think. Jeffrey Clark the head of the civil division at the Department of Justice. A pretty big job, take it from me. I hope you're sitting down. This is something that was, I don't wanna say buried, but it appeared toward the end of that Washington Post article that was published today. Jeffrey Clark wanted to send a letter to Georgia state electors wrongfully asserting, and, and let me say that another way, falsely asserting that the Department of Justice was investigating voter fraud and that Biden's win should be voided. So from all angles, he was attempting. I think he's still worried about the prison cell. But the other thing that materialized this week was Michael Flynn. How would you explain who Michael Flynn is, Des? Michael Flynn was a very short-lived, probably one of the shortest lived foreign secretary of states in American history and uh, who was who did so many <laughs> who did so many criminal things and he yeah, connected with Russia and campaign finance and all sorts of bits and then he flipped Turkey didn't he? he and Russia and also his own children were in, his son was involved in that in assisting him as well and friends so it was a, a rather complicated story there. Yeah, but then the FBI arrested him. He was charged. He was, uh, did he do any prison time or he managed to escape no. it just, didn't he? No, he was cooperative. According to Muller, he was very cooperative. And uh, Muller made a special plea that the judge should go a little bit easy on him. Um, and all of this was set up. A decision had to be made about the length of his sentence, and there was a lot of debate about it. But I think there was further complications because they were waiting for the outcome of another case, and you know, which might lead to further charges on him and all sorts of things. But the upshot of it all is that, uh, first of all, Trump tried through Bill Barr to get the sentence lifted, his guilty sentence lifted um, by the courts. The judge refused to do it, and ultimately Trump has now pardoned him. Yeah, and so Trump, Trump pardons him. Him and Sidney Powell are kind of advising him in the White House that you should incite martial law, you should uh, emergency powers, declare yourself king of America, basically. And then this week it was discovered his brother is a general in the US Army.
No problem. This is a known known. What we didn't know was that when the congressional leadership, you know, Nancy Pelosi, the rest of them, calling up the Pentagon to say, send US National Guards in, the army at the time said that Michael Flynn's brother was not on the call. And it has materialized since that he was on the call. And on the call, they said, no, they are not sending any troops at that moment. And <laughs> the army has now confirmed that he was on that call. I mean, if that isn't, these are the things from the other side, I suppose, what it looks like from the TV, Des. This is TV level drama. You know, this is the house of cards. We're just seeing it from very different angles than we're used to. Usually the camera is in the room observing these events and, you know, we know it's fake and it looks salacious and good. In real life, not so great. Even this week again, they have, you know, security in the Capitol has been upped uh, in terms of even when congressmen walk into the, the Senate or the House, they have to go through metal detectors now. It, loads right. of Republican members are kind of refusing to do that. There was a guy this week that tried to take a gun onto the floor and he, then he kind of tried to hand it to another member of Congress and the other member of Congress wouldn't take it because they didn't have a gun license. And What the hell are you doing? Can you imagine, you know, in, in the Houses of Parliament here in the UK that someone tries to take a gun? Okay, we don't have guns in the same way, but swords... That's why even those lines, well, is part of part myth, isn't it? That's why there are the lines on the carpet in the, the House of Commons, so that they are so far apart that they're, you know, it's, it's two swords lengths. But you just think to yourself, what are you guys playing at? And thankfully, I think they're going to change some of the rules that they're going to start fining them and removing money from their paycheck. And it's not, it's not cheap. It's £5,000 for the first offence, or $5,000 rather for the first offence, going up to $10,000. So they best be quick. They'll be, they'll be owing salaries soon. Do you remember the period when Trump referred to the press as the enemy of the people? And yes. he wanted to silence the press for a very, very long time. And in all the stories that we've re retold, recounted, the press has played a very vital part in revealing a lot of um, the, the, the truth behind all of it. So, you know, it's a natural di dictator's <laughs> plan is to, sh to shut up the press. Um, and, and, and aren't we glad today that it didn't work? So we've got access to all this information now, Dave. Isn't it wonderful? And more to still come. And I think what's most interesting is Trump is going to be impeached now. They they have voted in the House. The, the The paperwork is being sent over by Nancy Pelosi to the Senate and they have scheduled it. There was a bit of argy bargy about the scheduling. But in some ways, I think part of it is like, well, just allow a little bit more time and you'll have some more details again. Because it's there's I'm finding stuff now that it was clear as day that something was going to happen on the 6th of January. Like there is even more detail coming out. Like, you know, is everything is saved nowadays. There is the internet. It saves everything. Even if you take it down, somebody else took a picture of it and so on. Even members of Congress don't feel safe amongst their own colleagues. It's a maddening situation. But with the impeachment on the horizon, 
the Republicans have to ask themselves, are they going to use this opportunity to rid themselves of Trump? Because if they don't, if they don't, you know, if forget voting with your conscience, it's clear as day what he said. You play the clip, it's categorical, it's absolutely clear. The debate cannot be that he did not say those things and he did not know it was going to happen and so on. It's very clear. Listen to yourselves, make up your own minds, but I don't think it's in doubt. And the Republicans are possibly going to have him hanging over them unless they do what they should do and impeach. I, there is an interesting there is an interesting story here that um, in American history they've only been the um, they've only had four three presidents impeached. The very first one was in eighteen sixty five, and it followed the assassination of um, Abraham Lincoln, and his his VP. His vice president was a chap called Andrew Johnson, Andrew Johnson, who himself actually wasn't a terribly well-educated man. He inherited the presidency and he was the first of all the American presidents to be impeached. The impeachment failed by one vote, by the way, in the, at the end. But um, it, uh, that was in 1865 and he had two very difficult problems to negotiate and one was the the, the 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 civil war had just come to an end and the other was the emancipation of the of black people and today fast forwarding a hundred years you know whatever all these years later you've got trump being impeached and the first president to be impeached twice and <laughs> where is he going where did Trump think he was going to get to with these crazy lunatic ideas that he tried? It's about power ultimately though, Des, isn't it? It's not, it doesn't matter that he said all these falsehoods. It's about keeping power. Credibility doesn't matter. If you're in charge and you've got power, what do you care if you're credible or not? You know, and that's a lesson we can learn from Russia. Look at Putin, like credible no we all giggle and laugh when he says oh you know this didn't happen and we know it's clear as day but it doesn't matter he, he he's still in charge he's still in power and maybe trump wanted the same but he must have wanted to remain in power in perpetuity you know till the end of his life he must have looked across at putin uh, looked across at turkey the turkish um, erdogan he must have looked at all of those and thought hmm I fancy a bit of that. I can stay in power. And by the way, it means that all charges against me <laughs> is null and dead, lost. Nobody can do. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm impregnable. I can do whatever I want. Yeah, it's power. I just wonder if he's even going to be able to find a lawyer, though, because him and Giuliani are, uh, shall we say, in their Facebook status is, uh, oh, God, what's that Facebook status now? <laughs> is unknown, not unknown. <laughs> I've forgotten what the joke is. Anyway, it shows you how long I haven't been on the damn Facebook thing. But it just, yeah, their, their relationship is definitely not the best. And um, I think very few other lawyers were willing to take on his case unless he admits some of the things that he said. You know, he's the worst witness. And that's according to his own lawyer some years ago. I'm just wondering what um, Nancy or Hillary would have to say about this issue. 
especially description of what the congressmen and senators went through when the um, when the Capitol Hill was breached by these rioters bent on violence. We learned a lot about our system of government over the last four years with uh, a president who disdains democracy and, as you have said numerous times, has other agendas. What they all are, I don't think we yet know. I hope historically we will find out who he's beholden to, who pulls his strings. Uh, I would love to see his phone records to see whether he was talking to Putin the day that uh, the insurgents mm -hmm. uh, invaded our capital. But we now know that not just him, but his enablers, his accomplices, his cult members have the same disregard for democracy. Do you think we need a 9-11 type commission to investigate and report everything that they can pull together and explain what happened? I do. Uh, let me, again, uh, to your point of who is he beholden to, as I've said over and over, as I said to him in that picture with my blue suit, Right. As I was leaving, what I was saying to him as I was pointing rudely at him, with you, Mr. President, all roads lead to Putin. I don't know what Putin has on him politically, financially, or personally. But what happened last week was a gift to Putin because Putin right. wants to undermine democracy in our country and throughout the world. And these people, unbeknownst to them maybe, are Putin puppets. They were doing Putin's business when they did that at the incitement of an insurrection by the President of the United States. So yes, we should have a 9-11 commission, and there is strong support in the Congress to do that. We can't do that until we can pass a bill, and since the Senate's not in, we'll have to do that as soon as the Senate is in. But there is support for that. She also said during the course of that interview something which I found really absolutely delightful. She has asked all the congressmen and women in her house to write a short description of their feelings about the incident that took place, what they saw and how they felt immediately after that event. And then a few weeks later, again, for historical reasons. And I thought that was quite a lovely thought. She did call it something. I can't remember what she called it. A journal. A journal. a journal, that's correct, yeah, a journal. And I thought that was a lovely idea. Well, it is history. That's the way she describes it. You know, it is history. And, uh, you know, people will want to read the accounts. And I think delving into history, I want to share something with you, Des. I, I mentioned to you just before we started recording about Wilmington in North Carolina yeah. in the US. So in it's a lot longer story, and I'm not going to do it justice at all, but a short version of it is there was an insurrection in Wilmington why? By white supremacists. And part of the reason was there was elected members to the state, the state legislature, as well as sending black members to the Senate. And basically, uh, the white supremacists, for obvious reasons, didn't like that. And they drove them out. They, they, they basically, uh, a mob overtook the town. If you want to look it up, it's so interesting because it it shows you actually and that's in 1898 in Wilmington. Okay. Yeah. It's really, really interesting story. And I think we'll come back to it in future episodes. But it it and the white supremacists won out. They managed to throw out the legitimate government and overthrow it. And when you look around Wilmington now, 
a lot of the perpetrators that were the white supremacists that, you know, basically killed over 100 black people and drove them out of town. They have high schools named after them. There are statues and so on and so on. And when you try to look in the history books, it's been whitewashed. History has literally been written by the victors. You know, there were school books from the 1950s and 60s describing the head white supremacist, the one that killed people, as, you know, a, a, a friend, a friend of people of colour. Like, you, you, you gotta, you got to dig into it to, to see it. it. It's maddening. But at the same time, on the, the counter side, the fact that you had black members of Congress and of state legislature in 1898. This was, Wilmington was one of the most black populous uh, uh, cities in all of America and most prosperous. And that for me is the interesting thing. I think we're gonna do a special podcast coming up looking at issues around equality uh, because lots of these things, when we look at maybe just racism alone, people see it as, you know, racially uh um sl- not slandering racially uh abusing each other or uh, uh violently abusing each other again with the the, the racial verbal uh, words but racism is more nebulous than that you know it's a lot it, there are various comics that describe it as uh oh i'm going into the episode see i shouldn't go down this road don't go down this road this is for another episode <laughs> anyway wilmington Really, really uh, interesting in terms of a civil war, and the the, the civil the, the rioters, the mob won. You know what's interesting about what you've said there, Dave, and that's actually quite an interesting bit of fact, uh, historical fact. I wasn't aware of, of it. Is that the Republican Party was a threat to multi oh, and has been a threat to multiculturalism in America. Oh, there's, this is the other thing with the so you say Repu- the Republicans and Democrats at that point were in like kind Absolutely. of the political reverse position. Yes. So these yes. black members of Congress and of state legislature were in the Republican Party. Yes. And it was the Democrats that were whipping yes. up the slave states and so on and all the rest of it. And in modern times, it's reversed. <laughs> Completely. That's uh, that's very much the point, which is why amongst um, black Americans, there is a great deal of distrust um, uh, towards the um, Democrat Party. And you'll find a lot of black Americans saying things like, you know, they're all the same. You know, <laughs> they've all had a go at us. They're all the same. But if we're talking about recent history, which is really what I'm doing, uh, I would say that the Republican Party has really got problems. They've got major problems. You've only got to look at the... Um, You've only got to look at the party itself. I think there is one black um, senator or one black person in the whole of the Republican Party who's had, who's um, Carson, Ben Carson, who is the um, who's actually a, a surgeon of some kind, but he's he is managing the the HUD, the housing. Desmond, uh, Desmond, he was managing. He was absolutely. managing. Remember, Thank they've left friend. now. Thank they've you left. You know Desmond, what? let me let me check. Who is the president of the United States? <laughs> Mr. Joe. Uh, Joseph R. Jr. Biden, eh? <laughs> it's, so, it's so hard to get used to that. The, the, the change. It's because it's it's occurred so 
so quickly. The new, do you know who the new defense secretary of state is? Black general. I can't, I, I don't remember his title, but he is, he, he's, you know, he, he's a black general. But the point I was going to say was, the point I was going to make is that the Republican Party was a threat to multiculturalism before Trump, and they're going to be a threat after Trump. It's this, it's an, it, it, this whole business with race, it didn't begin with Trump, but he's clearly played a, a major role in all of it. He's made himself a complete social pariah. And I think it will be very hard for any image consultant or crisis management PR company to rescue his image. He, he has besmirched it would be the most politest way of putting it. He's gone beyond recall now, is what you're really... He's you know, what, what, what's that old adage? He's crossed the Rubicon. He's crossed the Rubicon, yes. And, and even to the, to the extent... It's such a shame we're on a podcast and we can't uh, show the clip, but did you see? So they, they left by the back door and uh, he gave a little speech of just... Oh, anyway, it doesn't matter. And <laughs> they got on the plane and when they got off, Melania had changed into a summary dress and Trump had paused for the cameras to wave and smile. And Melania just soldiered off. Off she went into the sunset. She, she's not hanging around. Just in terms of where we go from here and moving on, uh, Biden and his team have got to work. The House and Nancy Pelosi, she's hopefully getting her troops in a line and they're organising what they need to be doing. And in the Senate, Chuck Schumer is now the Democratic majority leader so we'll call the shots in there but there is this weird thing called the filibuster and i think it's really misunderstood you know people often see it as you know especially in films and stuff as you know a senator just constantly speaking and you know taking up lots of time so they can't vote on stuff it, it it's more convoluted than that basically they need to have two-thirds majority to then and the numbers have changed over the years to change anything and the Democrats only have 51 with Kamala Harris. However, legislation can pass with 51 votes, but in order to have a vote, you need to agree to stop the debate. And this is the thing you need the 60 odd uh, votes for. So you get to this position where you can't actually do anything, supposedly, because they're, and it, for some reason they describe it as the nuclear option, but they can pass a vote on 51 that deletes this rule. But the constitutional argument behind it is, oh, you can't really do this. But they have already done that on some subject areas. So that's why I say it's really convoluted because a lot of people that are watching this, when you speak to them, they say, yeah, it's gonna happen this year. It, they will get rid of this filibuster thing, so. My understanding of it is that it's a relatively recent thing, filibuster. Um, that it only relates to, pertains to the Senate and not Congress. And the problem that Schumer has currently is that because Schumer was the leader of the House at the end of the last presidency, his position now is that he is shared leader technically and Whatever agreement about how the House was to be managed was agreed last time remains the status quo. Unless the Democrats under 
um, not McConnell rather, unless the Democrats under Schumer can change that, but it will have to be done in an agreement with McConnell. And McConnell is not one that will give up power. He loves his power. He's, what do they call him? The Grim Reaper? <laughs> he ain't giving nothing up. So it's going to be problematic. The, the whole point is that these bodies can write their own rules. So, you know, logic dictates and, and, and all the other things. But let's see. But I think the filibuster is definitely something that's going to cycle around and eventually have its bubble popped at some stage this year because they might agree a little bit to try and get rid of Trump and help the Republicans out. But I think it will start to disintegrate very fast. Like you say, McConnell likes his power. Do you know one of the things I find really difficult is that and this is something that the Republican Party is going to have to address, as well as the American people. Trump didn't select himself. Trump was selected by the Republican Party. And whilst we may be very critical of what Trump has done, I think we've got to be equally critical about the Republican Party's role in all of this. And they will have to accept some responsibility for what has happened. And I think until they can come to terms with that and also institute some really grassroots changes, nothing is, nothing will, nothing is, they're going to lose. They're going to be losing. I mean, one of the interesting stats I heard is that in the last eight presidential elections, the Republican Party or candidate has lost every single majority every single you know vote majority trump yeah. trump lost 7 million to biden he lost 3 million to um, what's her name um hillary clinton mccain lost to obama twice it goes all the way back i think there's only one last word to leave for mr private citizen trump <laughs> and it's this one Remember when you ran away and I got on my knees and begged you not to leave because I go berserk? Well, you left me anyhow and then the days got worse and worse and now you see I've gone completely out of my mind. And they're coming to take me away, haha, -ha, they're coming to take me away, ho ho, hee hee, haha, to the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time and I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats and they're coming to take me away, ha ha! You thought it was a joke and... Dave, the other thing I was going to say to you is that uh, Britain is also going through a reconstruction period. But one of the things that, I, you know, with Brexit and COVID, and one of the things I was going to, I wanted to raise with you was that given all of that, how come the Labour Party isn't doing as well in the polls? Because if the vaccination policy is successful under the Tory government, where will that leave the the Labour Party. I really I think, think they've got a bit of a, a bit of a crazy, a bit of an ineffectual leader. What do you think? I never was the biggest fan of Keir Starmer. I mean, he's an ex-director of public prosecutions, and he sounds like it. 
you know, and it, there doesn't seem to be much excitement in him. He doesn't seem to be able to elicit that from people. I mean, oh, people accuse, but well, it just you. I just think it's we're living in some very interesting times when, like, the competency of our own government is beyond belief. Uh, that that it, that it has none, and even though the vaccine is being rolled out, you have got the issue with the various strains and does the vaccine work on that? And we have the news on Friday that the mortality rate of one of the new strains is 30% higher when they kept saying it wasn't. And now obviously it's difficult because the science isn't fixed. It's ever evolving as more information comes to light and they monitor this and grow that in the laboratory and put this pipette in that test tube and so on. And I think part of the other issue is with the UK vaccine rollout, especially with the, you know, you've got to have your two doses and they should be 21 days apart. Lengthening it, yes, there is still some protection, but this is not what the study was set up to do. The study says it should be in three weeks. And what they're banking on is being able to mass vaccinate. And yeah, you might get it in 12 weeks rather than 21 days, but you're still getting it. But that then changes the efficacy and the effectiveness of the virus. But the argument, again, is some protection is better than no protection and so on. So I think it's, yes, it maybe looks like a PR uh, win at the moment if they manage to vaccinate, but how successful is that vaccine? Because there's also people that take the vaccine and are under the belief that they'll somehow be able to visit their grandchildren and so on immediately. And people have to dispel that because just because you have the vaccine doesn't mean you can't carry it and pass it on to somebody else but you know it mean gender green gender some dynamism in the labor leadership because it that's really what's needed because when you, i agree with with a great deal of what you said and i'm thinking to myself look you you know it's like trump i remember this thing with trump was what he'd said was, we're always going to have the best people around us. They're going to be wonderful. And then as soon as he'd sack them because they disagreed with him or didn't show him the loyalty they want, he started describing them as wackos and, you know, loonies and dummies and all the rest of it. Well, Pretty Pr Patel already did that this week. If you listen to, to her, she was out twice this week at the press conference. They must have been hopeful she said the numbers in the right order. But she, she kept saying every time they asked her a question, it was like she defaulted to just a word salad but she just kept saying the phrase our world-class vaccine program you know and you're just like i wouldn't bring that up my dear because how long ago you know you were saying your world-class testing and tracking and tracing and tasting and yeah it, it they should be very careful i'm accepting all of that and I, but i'm deliberately pushing it back onto the you know pushing it back onto the labor party and saying look you can see all of these clear vis visible um, errors that are being made by the Tory party and um, by you know the Tory cabinet members here's an opportunity to score points with them why aren't you doing it with greater effectiveness is really what I'm saying um, um, and, oh, I agree and I agree with you I think I don't, I don't see and what can we do to change it this is really what I'm asking how can we Keir Starmer should resign and Jess Phillips stand and win because <laughs> in some ways yeah. what we need is we, we, you know, political 
but one and also a change of language because because Keir Starmer stand up there and sound like the boring geography teacher you know mm. he he doesn't he doesn't inspire this is why Corbyn was loved okay he was like a marmite either love or hate but he inspired the young ones remember uh, Corbyn was doing all the videos with the young cool music stars and whatever and there he's on the social media answering all the questions like where is Keir He's going to file his binder and, you know, write his amicus brief. And so, like, just is wrong. Jess Phillips, uh, straight talking from the hip. Yes, that may get her into trouble. And so what? But who is a perfect? At least she's going to speak from the heart. And it, it would give a different dynamic that Boris ain't prepared for. But change has to come. Listen, um, maybe we have to stand, Desmond. Maybe that's the answer. We have to stand. The Desmond and Dave party. What do we stand for? People, everything. Let's do it. What makes sense? You know, sometimes things are counterintuitive. But hey, you've got to look at all the... There are clever people in this world. Let's have a listen. Let's ask some questions. And let's come up with a good plan and crack on. You know, it, it doesn't have to be more complicated than that. However, saying about complicated stuff in the UK this week, Brexit, Des, we have arrived at a stage now where... It has produced paperwork and bureaucracy. And you just think to yourself, was was the whole exercise not to gain more sovereign rights? You know, people have had their sandwiches took off them in Holland because you are not allowed to pass meat. I was seeing the, uh, some stories around. There's a, um, a woman from a company. She normally gets a container shipped over, costs her a thousand pounds. She's now being quoted over 10 grand for the same thing because of the fees. I sent um, something uh to a european country this week a little parcel uh and when i sent it i had to stand there and fill in a customs form and you have to put like the weight of what it was and the this and the that and what the cost is and you you know you sign a declaration you should have seen the people behind me in the post office they were most upset you know it was if i'm in the post office and it's slowing me down at that level I can only imagine what's happening at the borders. And I've seen stories this week about, you know, uh, different ferries missing, coming to England altogether, Northern Ireland going directly to the continent and so on. So this story is bubbling away in the background because of what's going on in the world at the minute. But I feel like it's going to come back and really bite us all. I tell you what was I found interesting. I found interesting that there was a lot of negative talk from Labour Party members about Biden rejecting um, the British Prime Minister, and uh, that you know he would he, he would confine you know communications to the bin with him, and it's they've already had their discussion. And yeah, a few days late, eh? A few, a, but it was warm and cordial, um, and this is the interesting bit for me as an immigrant to Britain. Right, when I look at it, I think to myself that. What unites the ex-British colonies across the globe and what makes Britain different to the rest of Europe is that Britain had quite a powerful empire and the, its relationship with the rest of the globe is very different through the European relationship, you know, the individual countries' relationship with the rest of the globe. And it's Brit America and Britain and Australia and New Zealand, they share a history which transcends the history with other Europeans. And I think they'll always be that close by them. Um, and that's my, 
that's what I see from the other side, if you understand what I mean, from being yeah. non, non, you know, non-indigenous Brit. Brit. I, I, I always see that the Americans and the, the Australians and the New Zealanders have always got this bond between them that is literally, it doesn't matter what they do, it's unbreakable. So I, I see it's, you know, a little bit differently. So with seven more days to come, Desmond, what yes. are you thinking is going to be happening in the next seven days? What are your predictions? Predictions? Oh, gosh, I think it's going to be. I have this somewhere in the recesses of my mind. I have this unsettling feeling that there most there is there are more pardons to be done. For a start, I think that the mob who, you know, who descended on Capitol Hill can't be feeling very happy with, with Papa Trump at the moment because he's promised to pardon them and they're not receiving any pardons from him. So they're probably fuming at the moment, thinking that Trump is not our friend. He's promised to look after us and he's not doing so. So I'm just wondering what his relationship with his cult followers are going to be for the next you know, the next few weeks. I, I think that's going to be interesting. Um, beyond that, uh, I don't know. Just, I think, be prepared for the worst. <laughs> I think I think what's interesting about what you say, kind of his supporters going, well, what now, is a lot of the QAnon kind of conspiracy theories. Uh, one of the things that they said was, is, you know, inauguration day, that there would be a televised court process where Biden and Clinton and the rest of them would be brought and held to account and Trump would be triumphant and so on and so on. And obviously that didn't happen. So a lot of them are really despondent now and they're not quite sure what to do. I think the FBI could do itself a favor and um, search some of these message boards and maybe track down this original queue. It would be nice to put a face to the name, uh, whoever started all of this garbage, rubbish. I, I was going to say to you, the other thing that, um, following up from what you say, the other thing I was thinking about was that definitely the QAnon followers must be getting pretty despondent. That's true. But also, I'm thinking that, I don't, I, I, this, it's so difficult. I'm thinking what's going to happen with things like um, Fox News, because their viewership must be nosediving. Are they going to go to whatever they call themselves, the the alternative, Max View or Max something? New, I don't know. New, it's Newsmax and OANN. And OANN. I wonder if they're going to start deserting them. And I think, I wonder if, because I know that, 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 that Fox's viewership has really nosedived to such an extent that it's causing them a little bit of alarm at the moment and they're losing money. So I wonder whether that will be complete or whether... It's really the repositioning of themselves, isn't it? Because mm. they had Trump, they had access, they had everything. And now how are they going to play this one? Uh, we must do a quick shout out before we finish this week to some of our listeners, Simona, Umar, Davide, Olga... Uh, Shola, there's lots of you out there listening. Send us in a little message. You know how to do it, guys. It's anchor.fm slash Des and Dave. Des, it's still been an exhausting week. And it will be another seven days of exhaustingness till I see your wonderful face again and hear your lovely dulcet tones. But I wish you a lovely week, Desmond. Have a fabulous one.
And to you, Dave, all the best. But to play us out, we've always started our shows with the birds turn, turn, turn. But this is our version of turn, turn, turn. Time to get